Welcome to the Your Bold Life podcast. I'm Val Selby, and for those of us women over 40, I take a stand that it's time for us to take our turn. I say we stop the cycle of thinking we're the only ones going through tons of changes after 40. Instead, let's share stories and learn how we're all going through so much of the same crap. So today I have an awesome conversation. I can already tell we haven't gotten into a whole ton yet, but thank you, Lydia Lee, for coming in today to have a chat. Thank you for getting me up at five in the morning on the other side of the world to have it with you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's extra funny because I'm actually where you left from. I'm, oh, really? I'm just south of Seattle, so I have family up mm. there in the Vancouver area. <laughs> yes, that is my second home base. Well, used to be my primary one and now all the way in Bali. Oh, wow. Well, so sorry for having you up early, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it with you, Val. <laughs> awesome. So Lydia, why don't you go ahead and jump in and, and tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself or a lot. I won't. You can go as far as you want. Yeah. Well, as I said, I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada. Go Canada, Canadians. Um, And I've been living in Bali, Indonesia for the last almost seven years. Well, this September will be um, my seventh year anniversary (laughs) of living on this tropical paradise. Um, And I uh, own a company called Screw the Cubicle. I think from the name, it's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory what my my mission is. Um, But I'm, I'm a work reinvention coach and a small business strategist. And um, primarily, I help uh, corporate professionals and usually in their mid-career um, to repurpose their expertise and their talents and their gifts uh, into a business that they love and specifically designed from uh, their strengths, their values and their personality. So that is usually the caveat I say. It's not just any business. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to build you something that um, really helps you to feel not just fulfilled financially, but, you know, fulfilled spiritually and is meaningful work, you know, um, and I, I really believe in that, you know, work is something that, um, yeah, makes us feel really purposeful as humans. And if we're going to spend time working <laughs> anyway, we might as well be doing something we care about. Um, so that's been really my body of work in the last seven years. Uh, you know, it's shifted here and there as I have been shifting myself <laughs> as a human <laughs> and as the work grows with me. But yeah, it's been, a, it's been an exciting time to um, figure all of that out on the go and, um, you know, be, be living a, a pretty unconventional life uh, despite, you know, my, my Asian mom's <laughs> worries for me <laughs> about what I'm doing on this side of the world and have I, am I still going through a midlife crisis? <laughs> Yes, mom, and I don't know how long it's going to be. So exactly, I, <laughs> she I'm just really visited literally. <laughs> Val, she visited me for the first time a year ago. That's oh. how long it took her to embrace that this reality is my real reality. Oh, wow. <laughs> she kept thinking I was still on a sabbatical, still, still out there trying things out. And I said, "Mom, this is my home now." I only come back for the summers to see you. This is home. You have to come now. <laughs> and so she finally visited me. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Here's the opposite. I'm going to message my daughter and say, hey, you know what you need to do? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should go find yourself in Bali and invite me. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I love the title, Work Reinvention Coach. Mm. I love that. I've never seen that used before. And it just speaks so exactly to what people are looking for. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I never really landed well with, you know, the title of like career coach. Um, and because I really do think that especially, well, especially at the stage of life, right. Of where, majority of my people uh, that I work with are at, right, at midlife, right, mid-career. Um, they, I don't know about this whole thing about having to start over completely fresh all the time. Like, I think that there's a lot of our history and our experience 
uh, and what we've done that actually has a lot of clues to what's next, you know? And so that's why the, the word reinvented sounded a lot more, it resonated with me a lot more, you know, especially when it comes to work, because we're always evolving, mm-hmm. you know, our work as, as we are always evolving our identities, right? As people, as humans. Uh, and there's always ways to kind of look at how that looks like and reimagine new ways of doing something we've always done, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, rather than feel like I have to just flush it down the toilet and kind of throw the baby out of the bathwater, you know, to begin anew again. And so I, I love that idea of sort of taking stock, you know, and helping people remember lots of things that, that, are, that have actually already happened, you know, that they already have accomplished or are good at or have excelled at and really look at new ways to kind of almost like deploy those gifts into a new direction. It's yeah. And it, it really does help to have that outside person looking at it Mm. because when you're stuck in it, you're like, what are you talking about? I do that. I've done that for 20 years. (laughs) No. And you're like, yeah, you have, do you know how good that looks on a website? Mm. (laughs) When you go off and do it on your own and you're like, I've been doing this for 20 years. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, totally. And, and lots of, in lots of ways, some things come so easy for us as well. You know, when, you've been around for a while and uh, there's some natural gifts that aren't specific to a job title. You know, it's like how you do your job. That's, that's quite interesting and unique. People sort of tend to have a bit of an overcast on that because it's so natural. It's so kind of part of who I am Mm -hmm. that we, we at times don't value those pieces, you know, because we are really tied to, this is the thing I say when I'm at a dinner party, when someone says, how are you? And what do you do? (laughs) Right. I, and so if they've been a doctor or a lawyer or whatever the occupation is and that's been on their resume for you know 15 20 years and all of a sudden they're not gonna they don't want to do that anymore in that capacity it can be it can be scary you know to to not be able to say that title anymore because we've held on to that title being such a meaningful part of who we are Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i've i've become friends with quite a few lately doctors and lawyers that have made that transition into working for themselves mm. now so it's it's interesting you say that yeah because I just love it I'm like wow what a big change but then like some of them one of the doctors she was a, uh, a pediatrician and now she's writing content for others right so it's like how perfect is that because she has all that knowledge and she can still use it Totally. Yeah. Again, no need to flush it down the toilet, right? Like there's all this accumulated experience, an investment of your time, you know, our careers, we've spent decades, right? You know, um, crafting our, our, our art, right? Our skill sets. And I think um, as humans, we just have to get more creative, you know, or allow ourselves anyway, that permission to explore and play with different variations of how we might do things differently. Oh, that's such a topic right there. permission because I think one of the issues that I had for such a long time was I'd start to give myself permission to do some changes and maybe try something new but I didn't give myself permission to possibly fail at it yes so then I was afraid to do it totally what if I fail Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm still a very type A personality and, and I would call myself a recovering perfectionist, but (laughs) you know, a lot of that, um, you know, my family, uh, you know, I was originally born in, in Malaysia and we immigrated to Canada when I was quite young at about nine, 10 years old. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the lessons that were taught to me from my parents, because they struggled a lot to be able to help us have an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, in my early age. And, and there's this lesson that they've always, you know, had always rung, well, you know, quote unquote, true in my head. It's like, you know, you have to make something of yourself from what we've done <laughs> for you, yes. you know, uh, and in order to make it in this world, you know, you're going to have to work twice as hard you know, and you got to make it, make it work because we paid so much money for us to be here. Um, and, and so I, failure was never an option. It was like, you know, if I had a A minus on my report card, you know, my mom would be like, why didn't you get the A plus? Because that's Mm -hmm. the way she was brought up as well, you know, to be above and beyond the standard to make it in the world, you know? And so, um, when I, you know, was making, I mean, God, I've made many life changes in, in, you know, in the past decade, but, um, that, that thought comes to me every time. It's like, you know, I, I do tend to take longer than usual at times because of the fact that the, the fear of 
judgment and failure, you know, or judgment that comes from that failure from myself and what I perceive from others can, can really hold you back from really, you know, take, making that stretch and, and letting yourself explore what's, what's, you know, in the horizon. Yeah. Thankfully, I've got a couple of good coaches now where they're like, okay, well, let's work through the what ifs. You know, Ooh. and then you start working through the what ifs. You're like, well, I guess it wouldn't be so bad if it was a fail. You know what I mean? I'd learn the lessons along the way. Um, but they're definitely helping me jump. Yes. Yeah, I like playing the what's the worst thing that can happen game yeah. because my brain is going there anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so I might as well, that little critical mind, say something and get it out, you know, and then I can start to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about what sorts of support plans I might put in place in case something like that happens. And I mean, it goes all the way from, you know, just fail, you know, basic failure to like, I might be homeless, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it ripple effect, it dominoes effects into some crazy thoughts. Right. But I think it's great for us to um, let that out sometimes, even as, as unrealistic and stupid or whatever it is that we feel inside. I mean, we're afraid. And I think we have to, we have to, kind of be, be okay with negotiating with some of these fear parts that exist within us, you know, have a better conversation, lay out the land about what this, this part of us is feeling and, and then be able to make some, you know, more constructive thoughts, right. About how could we save ourselves? How could we parent ourselves? How could we, you know, have a life life plan of some kind in case something happens. Right. Yeah. I have found a lot more. Um, there was, there was a big time period where I didn't, share as much. So I was keeping mm. all of that bottled in. Um, that's not my personality. Hence the reason the podcast was started in January. <laughs> like, I'm really yeah. leaning into it now because I know that my personality is I really need to talk it out mm. and not even just, you know, write it out. I really need to talk it out. And the more I share it with people, they don't even have to respond half the time. And I'm just like, okay, well, that was dumb, you know? <laughs> Like, why am I worried about that? <laughs> yeah, totally. I know it's helped too with my husband. I've brought up some stuff, like some big crazy ideas. And he looks, he's like, looks at me and he goes, well, what's the only thing that's holding you back? And I'm like, oh gosh, this, this, and this, and planning for this. And he's just like, seriously, we can do that. I'm like, yeah. Okay. He just took all my steam out of my argument. So I <laughs> God, we, we need perspective, don't we? You know, yeah. it's hard to see the forest from the trees when you're the person experiencing the thing and then having to like observe your own behavior, right? And we can't be our own therapist and we can't, we definitely can't be our own self-motivator at times. We, we do need perspective and we need people. I mean, God, if anything, you know, depending on when people are listening to this, we have been gone through, going through a pandemic yeah. in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've, I think, you know, one of the things that I've definitely learned a lot during this time is like, I, I need people. I need yes. people more than I care to admit, mm -hmm. you know, being an independent woman. But um, yeah, that's been a really big thing for me to, to start doing and, and allowing myself to do is asking for help, you know, saying, I don't know, saying, I don't know what to do. And that's okay too. Yes. I am the same. I get stuck in the trap of, I am a strong woman. I can handle anything. Mm. Uh, my husband's a firefighter. So I'm mm. like, I'm used to being alone. I can manage everything. And I went on an overnight trip a couple of weeks ago with my best friend. We've been best friends since we were eight years old. And I came back so renewed. It was, it was incredible because we yeah. just spewed everything that's been bothering us for months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, like, and then I, you come back a better person, right? For yes. your hubby anyway. I didn't realize how few people I had been talking to because I mean, we're, I, we work from home. I'm, I'm mm. used to being alone. I, sh I should be able to get through this pandemic. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you said, I'm, I'm really paying attention to the fact that I do need to reach out more mm. and, and how I feel after I've reached out more. Right, exactly. So that you, you, you're more in, you know, it instigates you to do that again, you know, when you've had a good result, exactly. <laughs> when, when you felt good about it. Yeah, exactly. So when you wrote down some of the stuff, you were talking about this concept of identity shifts mm. and social norms, societal expectations. Um, I am loving that idea with 
the the different changes that are going on. Can you go, can you expand a little bit into that? Yeah, you know, as we are going through, God, we are going through quite a interesting time right now, you know, a very uncertain time for a lot of people during COVID-19. Um, and it's, it's almost like I've been looking at COVID. I mean, of course, it's, it's been a terrible pandemic in the sense of what's happened, but there's also like an interesting silver lining, you know, in all of it, um, where potentially COVID, you know, as I've been talking to people, talking to my clients, even experiencing a lot of those changes myself, um, COVID has kind of acted like a, a bit of a, like, not just as a catalyst for change, but it's also been acting a bit like a pattern interrupt <laughs> on our lives. Like, it's almost like this thing just got thrown in the middle of our structured, you know, whatever life that we've been living, yep. you know? And I think when I think back about the years that I've had to go through and ours, to be honest, it never stops really changes in your life. Um, as I've gone through many changes in my own life, you know, I needed in a way, some sort of catalyst, some sort of pattern interrupt that would kind of shake up my little perfect world or so-called perfect world for a mm -hmm. quick second, you know, to allow me to kind of look at, I don't know, like these patterns of my behavior and any habits that I've sort of put in my life and, and just like certain way we've always done things, you know? And I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, you know, when we've been going to our jobs, whether it's a nine to five, right? Um, we, we do somehow at times tend to get trapped in that, you know, living on a bit of an autopilot way. For sure. You know, we're not questioning what we believe is normal or what we want because it's just how we've done it. Yep. And that's you know, easy. for so long. We're just gonna stay and that's in easy. It. Exactly. We're just going to stay in it because it is comfortable. Comfort is what we like, right? And it's kind of part of, you know, staying safe in a lot of ways for us, right? And I yeah. think our, our ego mind is quite happy about that because we're not running in front of cars and getting in trouble, right? But yeah. our creative soul is, you know, a little bit stifled at that point because it's not given the opportunity to explore yeah. and kind of do things, you know? Um, and my, I mean, my pattern interrupt from when I left corporate many years ago, that wasn't a, to be honest, it wasn't like a moment of inspiration that I felt, I want to do something on my own and I want to put something out there and I'm going to go for it and do that. My upbringing never allowed me to think in that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it, 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 what had to happen at that time, I went through a very tumultuous health scare mm. in, my, in my corporate job that, that forced me to take a break. You know, that forced me to take a little sabbatical, that forced me to get a therapist, that forced me to, you know, I, when I had that mental breakdown, I, I hadn't taken a holiday for two years, Oh yuck. you know, and so burnout was very real for me. But as a high achiever, as someone that was taught all these, right, lessons of that, we have to just keep working harder, pay off the bills, pay off my debt, all that stuff that I wasn't prioritizing my well-being. It wasn't even part of my routine. You know, and it took my body, my physical body, putting me out, right? And making me pay attention that then kind of allowed me to see things in clearer form, you know, but it was a force. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, I wish I could have said I had an inspirational Gandhi moment, you know, that I just woke up one day and felt, this is my life and I need to do this now, you know, but it didn't really kind of come up that way for me. And, you know, and, and when I think about even my own clients and people that I've worked with for many years, like their stories in a way start off in some similar fashion. Yeah. There was a pattern interrupt. They were, you know, um, in midst of divorce, there was a death in the family. There was a layoff at work. You know, something happened to shake up their world. And Absolutely. I think right now, collectively, we've all received that pattern interrupt through COVID. Yeah. You know, which helped, which is, you know, as difficult as sometimes it may feel, it's allowed us to look at our behavior, to look at our day-to-day, -to, -day, to look at what we believed was okay and normal, and now starting to question what I want and question what I need. Yeah, I, know. I agree. I had that huge pattern interrupt by a death in the family as well. Mm. And when we came up on the first anniversary was when I decided, no, I'm not, I, I'm not going to keep living that way. And I made changes. This was, this was pretty much when I started all the site and all of this work was because mm. I started going through it myself. And I'm like, nope. Yes. Today it changes. I mean, it was, it was like that. It was like, I'm not going to live like that anymore and make myself miserable for the rest of my life. Mm, yeah. I mean, death in the family is, is definitely a big one because it kind of 
reminds you and helps you to really think about your mortality, mm-hmm. you know, and the time you have in, in the world, you know, on earth. And, and maybe COVID's a bit of that too. It's definitely made us question a lot of, of our mortality, yep. you know, and what am I doing with my time and, and what's important to me, you know? Um, like I was talking to a couple of clients a couple of months ago, checking in on them because they were, they were people that I knew that had quite high anxiety you know, and a history of depression and, 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 you know, mental unwellness in the past. And I thought, God, I need to check in on them just to make sure they're doing okay, yeah. you know, during this time more than I usually would, you know, and you know, what was the funny thing is that they, all of them, and there was about a good, like four of them that I called up and all four of them, I was expecting to hear, oh my God, this is the worst thing that could happen right now. Right. For me. <laughs> yeah. You know, is <clears throat> I'm not adapting well, right? This is bringing me back into an old spiral. Uh-huh. But the surprising thing was that they told me that they have actually never been more content. Wow. And I was like, what? And I was really curious about why that is and why that was happening to all four of them. And they said to me that... At first, it was a little bit of a moment of fear of what was going to happen, but they've already been in a moment of uncertainty for many years. <laughs> you know, that's where they live. Um, but what has been helpful is that because the world almost kind of came into a little bit of a halt and, you know, we were quarantining, we're isolating, they felt that it almost felt like they had less FOMO. There was less comparison to that people were getting ahead of them uh-huh. and that they weren't doing enough because that was what was causing them their anxiety was that they always felt that I, I, that I didn't do it. I didn't do it fast enough. Uh, I'm not doing it fast enough. You know, I'm not making those changes fast enough. I'm not launching this business fast enough. I'm not leaving my corporate gig fast enough, mm-hmm. you know, and they're busy comparing themselves to, I don't know, all these internet influencers that were right. out there, you know, and, and life looks great and speedy for them. Yeah. You know, and that was actually that um, self-imposed pressure right? That all of us tend to put our, of our, in ourselves when we compare our lives of, of where we should have been by now, you know, to what's out there. And, and in, right. in a lot of ways, you know, this pandemic the has fake caused- what's out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fake what's out there, the, well, you know, the, 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 the best version of you, which is who we put on Instagram and all the social yeah. media platforms, right? So you're like, whoa, that looks like a perfect life. But yeah. we ain't talking about the imposter that can happen, you know, in the middle of it all or, right, all the fears we've got because it's not sexy to share those things, nope. right? Or, or what people think. Yeah. Um, so because, you know, and it was really interesting to talk to these clients of mine that has said, actually, it's kind of nice to feel that everyone's kind of on the same plate, you know, and that there's nowhere more to go to because we all have to be home. We all had to slow down. That's amazing. The you know, and they so, made. yeah. And so nothing, none of their circumstance changed particularly. It was just their, their, their approach or their mindset around their circumstance. And that comparison, like I said, was more diminished, you know, because of the fact that they felt people were all starting from the same slate. Huh? You See, know, so I'm only of, starting to get into that embrace right now because my so much of my plans changed that I just went into like an absolute spin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's this whole thing has affected different people differently. Yeah. You know, but I thought that was a very interesting thing that I thought this batch of people were probably going to be the most, you know, needing help. But then yeah. they were actually, it, something got released. It's like a weight off take, weight was taken off their shoulder. Oh, that's you know? awesome. And, I hope they can yeah. build on that. Now. I, well, that's it. You know, was kind of going, well, how do we put this energy towards even when we go back to quote unquote, the normal, you know, what do you want to not look back and take back with you? You know, what yeah. do you want to move forward from? Right. And I think all of us have that moment of self-comparison, especially in midlife, you know, of like what I should have done, what mm-hmm. regrets I might've had, what I've wasted my time doing. And that is a helpful energy to create a new path, you know? Um, but, you know, I know your initial question about is identity, but that was where I was sort of leading to is that we need a pattern interrupt. We need a catalyst for change at times, you know, to question our identity. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think when we start to make those changes, as you were talking about, you know, with your friends that are lawyers and doctors that make that shift, it's not an, it's not an easy shift, right? Because, our job titles are kind of our badge of honor. For sure. You know, it's who we are, like it's who we've defined ourselves for many years. Our careers is what we've defined ourselves in the mm-hmm. world, you know? And so when that is no longer something we want to do, right? Or we've sort of been disillusioned, 
right? With what we thought this career or this type of way of working, this hustle mentality, whatever it is that has been part of your life should have gotten you to feeling happier, feeling more rewarded, right? Yeah. Feeling richer right. <clears throat> you in many did ways. It. And you did it, right? And then you climb that corporate ladder and the view isn't what you're expecting. Yeah. That can feel like a pretty big hard hit because of the investment of time, right? And what you thought you knew to get there. And now you no longer want that thing. And that can build, b- bring in a lot of feeling a bit shameful about that. It's like, well, did I then waste all my time? Right. <laughs> to getting yeah. that degree, doing that thing. And now that equals to not doing this right now. You know, um, and then but also with upbringing, like, it's like, oh, well, that's not hmm. even an option. Yes, to totally. not do it. Exactly, and and also when we think about, well, you know, my friends and my community and my colleagues respect me for being this person, uh, and if I no longer am this person, who am I then? Will oh, I yeah. still get that respect? Yeah. Will I still maintain that reputation of saying I'm a doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the moment that can come where that judgment from society can really enhance also that imposter complex within ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, when we shift values, when we take a different stand in what we want, when we decide to decide on something else, whatever the what else is, I think without, you know, that can feel really shaky. And that's the moment that we start to go, you know, am I cut out for this? Should I be doing this? Am I having a midlife crisis? (laughs) You know, and do we trust this feeling or is it a temporary phase, you know, that we're experiencing? And I think everyone, as I've been talking to, you know, my friends and family as well, I'm sure you have too, Val, it's like, there has been this energy of change in the world and, and how we can adapt to that gracefully right now. Mm-hmm. You know, how we can take this as, as an opportunity, as the mirror for what it is that we've always needed. You know, mm-hmm. people are staying home a lot more. They're, they're, there's less distraction. And as I said, less of that autopilot where I feel like we're a bit more conscious about what we're doing every day because we have to be. Yeah. You know, we have to be very careful about our safety. We have to be very careful about our health right now. Right. We have to be um, more mindful when we're at home because we're sharing space with more people. I know I've been more mindful of reaching out as well. It's Mm. like, okay, before, you know, maybe it could be a couple of weeks and I didn't talk to my parents or somebody. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? I haven't talked to them. I really need to fix that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my mom and I talk, you know, once every couple of weeks, but because of the fact that I was supposed to have been home this summer, you know, and I wasn't. And we just are making more phone calls, but because we're making more phone calls, I felt that I didn't want to just do the basic, hey, how are you? What did you do today? You know, what did you eat yesterday? You know, the basic conversation. Yeah. And because I'm having all these Zoom calls with multiple people, it's like, I want to step it up a little bit and make this more interesting for me and you, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So I've been like using this awesome game called the confessions game that I bought from the school of life, which is an awesome game to get to know your family and friends. Oh, I don't know. It scares me. The title scares, it scares me. me a little bit. It scares me a little bit too. But I, man, I tell you, I have learned so much about my mother uh-huh. and that like, for some reason, she's never been more vulnerable, huh. you know? And I don't know, this has caused her to be, I guess she's also questioning her mortality and all these different things and that I'm over there. She's over here. Right. And that that relationship between us is really important because we didn't have a relationship in my twenties. You know, I only started to have a relationship with her in my thirties, you know? And so we started to talk about that a bit more, you know, and um, it's really interesting. The conversations and relationships that I am investing in now do feel a lot more meaningful because I am paying attention, you know, and I, I like that. I want this to keep happening. Yes. You know, it's like, what do I not want to go back to (laughs) when all this, quote unquote ends, you know, and part of that is that sort of, you know, feeling busy and not being very present sometimes, you know, with the people in my life. And, and I think people have been experiencing that as they've been, been home, spending time with their spouse, spending time with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, at times it's really realizing, you know, I want to be home more, or I want to be with my children more. I want to raise my kids more, or I want to have a better relationship with my spouse when I have had the time. And before yeah. I didn't, because I was running around everywhere. And so it's caused us to question normal of what it is that we actually do want to want to recreate when all this is done. Right. You know, what, what don't, what don't it, we want to go back to? Right. It really showed priorities. I believe. I, exactly. I've loved watching um, 
quite a few different people on social media who were so busy in family life and running around and all of that. I've, I've really liked watching some of them go through the process of, you know, realizing that, you know what, that was too much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think when you're able to see it fr from afar, right? Just take a, that perspective we talked about, how important that was, right? Uh -huh. Like, I think that's helped people to really get that perspective. It's like, God, um, if I, unless I took myself out of that environment of, you know, when you wake up every day, you kind of have the same breakfast every day. You take the same route to work. You see the same people at work. You maybe go to the gym after, and then you have dinner and then you Netflix and chill, right? Like whatever is your jam. Yep. We kind of tend to do that pretty repeatedly as a pattern, you know? So there's no room to kind of do something different in yeah. order to, to try something on for size. Mm -hmm. You know, and that pattern interrupt that we all require, I think, to see where we want to grow into. We don't have spaciousness for that in our life mm -hmm. because we are one of those, you know, especially if you live in the first world, the, 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 the normalcy of that busy schedule, back to back scheduling, never having five minutes for yourself is quite normal. Yep. You know, and so this might be an interesting circumstance, I think, for people to take this opportunity instead of like, oh, I don't get to go out and see my friends or, you know, I'm questioning if my career is secure, you know, and all these things, which are normal things to think about. But what if we focus our attention on, on, on the clues that is also presenting to us? Yeah. You know, in terms of our definition of success, definition of happiness, definition of balance that we require, you know, and... I think we might look back at this moment and go, I'm glad I got this time to do this. Well, I know even, even in our family, uh, we have been decently good at the downtime. Um, I'm empty nester. So the kids, the kids are out of the house, but I know that even for us, all of a sudden it was like you, you at first we were just kind of a little antsy and we're used to being home. <laughs> But we still mm. got a little antsy. It was just like, okay, the world is quiet, you know, kind of thing. And once we really embraced it and we could have these, I mean, I call them stupid conversations, ridiculous conversations about mm. nothing. I was like, wow, we have not done this in decades. Yeah. Just even doing nothing. Yes. That's a high achiever. That's been really hard because it feels like I have to be productive somehow because the way that I had coped with COVID in the beginning, I didn't feel anxiety, to be honest. I had this like delayed reaction mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, partly, I think, because I live in a bit of a bubble here in the island. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't see as much of the news that you're seeing on TV, yeah. you know, in the, in the States, which might be a good thing, you know, for mental well-being. I think it's a very good thing, <laughs> in fact, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, but then sometimes when you plug back into that world and you see what's going on, it's like, whoa, it's so much. Yeah. Pull the plug, you know? pull the and plug. Pull the plug. <laughs> Get rid of that social media feed, yeah. you know. Um, but I did have a delayed reaction even here because my way of adapting and coping in the beginning was to, to do things, right? To fix stuff. Uh-huh. To, to default to my, right, doingness of behavior in order to feel calm. Yeah. Right? So for us to feel safe, I took on every responsibility that I had here in the household to ensure that we had a system, we had, you know, deliveries going on, we weren't leaving the house, you know, I had <laughs> stocks of masks, did not, um, you know, hoard toilet paper here, but right? uh, we, have, we have bidets here, okay? We're a little <laughs> bit more civilized. <laughs> Um, but you know, it was like, that was my doing this. And I went, I'm fine. You know, I'm totally cool. I can do this. I've done, I've experienced these sorts of things before, but then it was like two months later, I had like some depression, you know, and the feeling of like hopelessness. And I went, where is this coming from? And I just didn't feel my feelings mm -hmm. for such a long time, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and when I finally got some quietness, some spaciousness, that doing nothing mode, then I had some room to feel those feelings. Yeah, that, that was a very similar experience to what I had. I just all of a sudden, I mean, of course, all the travel changed and we had a lot of travel planned for this year and all of that changed. So I was just like, I just filled my calendar. I mean, filled my business calendar and I'm like, mm. okay, we're going to do all these projects that we've been waiting to do. And 
I don't know where I thought I was going to get these extra hours from, <laughs> but it, it was, it was obvious that I was trying to fill every nook and cranny so that I didn't have, so I could be in denial. Yeah. And then, yeah. like you said, when it hit all of a sudden, I was just like, I can't put 15 more hours into my day that I was already mm -hmm. regularly doing. Right. <laughs> like, my schedule didn't change. <laughs> Still That's doing right. At, at home that I have always done. So I, mm. I know it was me hiding from that. And I, I mm. did go through that period of trying to figure out what was going on and how I fit in and, um, I know for me that that really hit when all of a sudden it dawned on me that I hadn't seen my kid and kids in two months, mm. you know, and it's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe we need to deal with some of this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And when will I see her again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, it, it's been interesting to see the different processes that the people are going through as, as they work through it, because all of our personalities started out so different and our stories mm. were so different. Mm but we all seem to be getting to the same, a similar spot at this point, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. All well, it's right. almost like, uh -huh. don't you think it's forced us to kind of, you know, when I talked about experimentation and play, right. To try on new things for size, we've kind mm -hmm. of had to do that without thinking much about it. Right. Yeah. Like we've had to explore, what does it look like to work from home? Yeah. What does it look like to negotiate now with my spouse that this is work time and don't bother me. And how do we share space together? You know, oh or, gosh, yes. <laughs> um, dealing with, you know, what we thought was going to be, uh, you know, hard for us to do with, with, you know, washing our hands and like washing our hands more than often, right. Uh, more usual, right. Than, than often. And, and so it, it, things that we thought we couldn't do, I think we've adapted pretty well to yeah. because we've had to. And I think part of that has also helped us realize that we have more self-resilience than we think. For sure. You know, and building that muscle for resilience, I think is sort of what would be quite interesting to see what happens for people, you know, throughout yeah. this whole this whole ordeal in terms of what new muscles <laughs> yeah. they built in, 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 you know, dealing with this situation. Definitely. So let me get into some of the last questions that I always like to ask everyone. Um, I, I know that you said your major mindset change was not in your forties. You actually experienced your big mindset change a little bit before. So you touched on the fact that you had, um, the, the health issue. Was that about when the mindset change happened? Or... Uh, to, I mean, I would say the mindset change wanted to happen. I've had many thoughts about doing something on my own for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but it was always about in my head going, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. Uh, or there was, to be honest, a bunch of carrot sticks dangling in my face. <laughs> um, there were, you know, promises of partnerships at the corporate office I was working on, oh. you know, I was always getting promotions and I was very good at my job, right? Yeah. That was sort of what helped my career. Mm -hmm. And I was very good at my career. Um, but it was almost every time, every year that passed by, I would always have this excuse of like, well, I just want to get paid out that bonus yeah. that I worked so hard to do. And then I'll do the thing. Right. You know, or let me just get the title of partnership so I can kind of just have it on my resume and then go. Yeah. You know, and so it's like all these things that I would put in front of me to make that leap that I would never do it, you know, because there'll always be something else. Yep. Right. And, and nothing changed, you know, me not taking a break, me overworking, me not being in a toxic environment, like that never changed, you know, until, like I said, my physical body took my, took me out. Uh -huh. That made me wake up a little bit, but I think those thoughts have been looming in my brain for quite some time, but it bet, wasn't yeah. until, it wasn't until a health scare that happened to me where I went, whoa, 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 I cannot continue like this. I have to do something different to experience something different. And even if I don't know what that is, I need to be asking for help and I need to figure this out or this, gonna, this is going to perpetuate to something that I don't want to experience. Now, as a type A strong woman, the fact that you recognized and also did reach out for help, that's huge. Absolutely. And, and I didn't, it was hard for me too, because I didn't have anyone around me that understood what I was going through. Uh -huh. Because I, everyone I knew were doing that same traditional trajectory. Right. And when I talked about my unhappiness, it was almost like, well, you're not supposed to be that happy anyway. 
Right. Because like, they're all we don't, feeling we the don't same love, way. Right. Like it's mm -hmm. like, well, we don't love our work to the point where, you know, we're like in love with it. So yeah. it's just what life is like. And my mom said the same thing. It's like, well, you know, because she worked with the same company for 35 years. Mm -hmm. You know, in her world, in her generation, that's the road to success, right? Yes. Pension plans mm -hmm. and a sure thing, mm -hmm. right? And so to, for me to leave my corporate career at its peak, right? At, at the most successful peak, that was, <laughs> you can't comprehend that. No. That's why everyone thought I was having a midlife crisis too early, was that I was escaping something in some regard, you know? And so when I started to talk to them about my feelings around that, where I appreciated security, I appreciated the good earning income, uh, but I was unhappy and I needed to figure out what made me happy and that I, it was worth to take that leap. It was, it was really hard for people to respond to that. Yeah. Because part of that actually was, it triggered them. Yes. You know, for sure. in a little ways, right? It triggered them. And I got a lot of naysayers at the time. I don't think they meant it, but I think the way they were saying, well, you know, you do really want to do this. Could you really not think about other ways to be happy? You know, they were really talking to themselves. Uh huh. <laughs> I could visualize it, right? that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were projecting their own fears, except I didn't know that at the time. So I thought, oh my God, am I making the wrong? wrong move here because I, I was vulnerable at that yeah. point, right? Because I didn't yet know what I was moving into. And so if when you, you have got... that many people in your life telling you, oh, right. no, yeah. it's like, oh, shit, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing <Yeah>. wrong. <laughs> oh, God, maybe I am having a midlife crisis. You know, like you do tend to question yourself because these people that you've depended on and relied upon are saying those things. And it's really hard to be brave. Yeah. And be bold at that point, you know? Um, and that was in a lot of ways when I the, 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 the motivation I had to move to Bali a year later, after I quit my job, I moved to Bali one year later, was part of the reason was I just knew that I needed to change my environment. I needed to change my people. Uh -huh. I love my friends. I still do. I love my family. But there were parts of my life that they weren't aligned with and would never be. Yep. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, I can love them for who they are and where we have things in common in different mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. But what I was trying to do in my life, you know, where I was going with my, the way that my lifestyle choices were, were happening and the types of careers and work I was going after, I just could not stay in that regular zone of the world. Yeah. You know? And so moving, moving abroad and going somewhere where there were more, people that thought like me and explored like me and wanted more adventures like me, that all of a sudden felt like I wasn't doing anything wrong. That yeah. I felt good again. You know, and sometimes we need that because we don't have that resilience and boldness just yet. And we need that energy from other people. You know, Absolutely. the only thing we can control is how can I be around more bold people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that can influence me for good, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, because that's when when I had made that decision that things were going to change. I did have to start making moves, you know, beyond my comfort zone and who I thought, you know, were my friends group. And then once I did find more people that were encouraging, yes. you know, then getting out of the comfort zone. Oh, it's still scary as hell for sure. But yeah, but they're right. They're pushing me. <laughs> Exactly. They're like, hey, you do need to do that. You know why? Because, <laughs> because yeah. you want to. So go do it. <laughs> yes. And then you don't have to like even explain yourself to those people. Yeah. Right. They just know. Yeah, of course. Of course I want that life. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Right. Like it's, I think that is, we do need to allow that seed planting to happen because we are shaped by influence, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. Right. So in order to be, you know, thinking about other things and doing something different, we kind of have to really change other parts of our lives to be different. Yeah. You know, change doesn't happen just because we want it. You know, we have to, it's, it's a very, it's cultivated, you know, we have to nurture that, that side of what we need, you know, and those, um, yeah, I think community is a hugely important influence for us. Yeah, for sure. And I know the more that I've changed, the great thing that's been happening too, is that a lot of people around me that, um, you know, family and friends that you, you were going to keep, um, but you just couldn't hang out with them at certain time periods in your life, you know, as, as I've changed, they're kind of coming along on the journey as well. It might be, it might be a lot slower for them, but I have found that that's been a pretty amazing thing as I've gotten happier mm. and done more things, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, your, way. your, your courage as they witness your courage, you know, it gives them courage to go, yeah. well, you know, I'm a bit like Val. I grew up with her, you know, yeah. she can do it. And she's thinking this way, like that, that plants a seed for me. 
Yeah. You know, so like every act of bravery, every act of courage that I think we do personally is kind of really supporting people to, to do the same, you know, and it it is a bit of a ripple effect, you know, and I don't think people realize that enough that how much when they take that stand and they go and do that thing that they've always thought of doing, they don't realize how many people are watching and cheering inside themselves. Definitely. For, for that to be a success. Because then exactly. if, if, if you're a success, then all of a sudden they're like, you know what, maybe I could do yeah. it Or maybe I could yeah. do that thing that I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's finish off with, of course, my damn it. What is something about yourself, something about your personality that you absolutely love? I call these damn it's. <laughs> It's the damn it. I like this about myself. Oh, you see, I thought when you emailed me that question, I thought it was like a damn it moment, like a moment of failure, you know, moment of like something bad happened. (laughs) (laughs) No. So uh, I'll let you think on it just one second. And I'll just tell everybody that hasn't heard the story of how this came to be. I, okay. My, my coach wanted me to do a YouTube trailer and I did five gajillion takes on this trailer, right? I could not get it right. And finally, I just put my script down, which was the problem. I'm not an actress, so I couldn't read the script. Mm. And uh, I just started going off. And next thing I know, I said, I said that I am, I am loud and damn it, I like this about myself. Mm. And I didn't even know I said it. I just uploaded the damn thing and told her, I'm like, I got it, I'm done. And I got this you know, boxer message. And she's just like, damn it. I like this about myself. And I'm like, what? She lost it. What the hell is she talking about? And <laughs> it's gone from there because it was, it was all of these pieces of my personality and damn it. I like them. like mm. this about myself. So that's why I call them damn it. It's that thing that makes you, I love it. you. Yes. Yes. Oh God. I guess my damn it moment was, um, you know, two months before, I packed up everything to, well, I didn't actually think I was going to leave for seven years. Okay. I and bet. counting. <laughs> I, I was just literally was like maximum, maybe six months and I'll be back. And I just never came home. Yeah. Uh, but when I, when I was about to take this trip to Southeast Asia, it wasn't even Bali. was in, It wasn't even on my list yet, but um, I was just going to take a, an adventure abroad and just see if I could experiment with whether or not I could build a location independent life and business. Mm-hmm. That was the, that was the project. Okay. And I had never traveled alone, alone. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't supposed to, because this trip was planned with me and my ex-boyfriend ah. and we had broken up two months before yeah. I was supposed to take this trip. And it was this close to canceling my ticket Yeah. because I remember thinking, Oh, it wasn't meant to be. I'm not supposed to do this alone. Yep. I can't be a female, single female in Southeast Asia in a third world country on my own. No way. Right? Like that was just never part of my, my guidelines of what this is going to, what was going to (laughs) happen. So I almost canceled my ticket and I went, you know what? That was the moment. It was a moment that I I just went, no, you have, you need to decide to do this because if not, you're going to always be stuck on that. You won't have the courage to do anything without someone at your side. Yeah right? Without the feeling that you're, you're, you're going to be, you know, that you can create your own safety, that you can create your own um, sense of self without the need of this dependency. Like not to say that I don't need anyone, but it's to, I've never been alone at that yeah. point. Yeah. And it was hard for me to be alone at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was my moment I left. And then when I left, I remember getting uh, lo- lots of things happened to me in the first six months. I had my apartment, that was, um, I rented out with my, I had owned it with my brother and we rented it out to a tenant and it, ex- the, and the toilet exploded <laughs> and we had a flood. Literally I call it toilet gate. Oh, no. And it was like, we were on the ground floor and can you imagine all the sewage system, everything just literally exploded in our right. unit. And then our insurance had expired 30 days before. Oh no. So my brother called me and said, I'm so sorry, but um, I didn't check the mail. And we didn't renew our insurance and we're not being covered. So we have to pay for this out of our own pocket. And I had to put all my savings into this problem, which was the second time I said, oh God, I got to go home. Right. This is it. This is it. I'm going back. This was not meant to be. Yeah. See, the universe gave me this thing. It's supposed to tell me to go back home. You know, that was my, at that point, the mindset. But again, at that moment I said, this can either be your story 
that whenever something like a setback happens, you just pick yourself back up, tail between your legs, and you go right back. Or you could try to be creative about this and figure something out. Mm-hmm. You know, and so those, mo- I think that moment for me was a damn it moment because it, it helped me to see that I was stronger than I thought because I always thought the, the minute money runs out of my account, it's finished. Yeah. But I found some pretty creative ways to make money. Because you had you know? to, right? Because I had to. And I was just like, this is what I want. Because I was already at a place. This is when I was in Bali already the first month or two. And I went, I don't want to leave this place. I started getting happy here. And I need to find a way to stay here. Uh-huh. You know, and so I looked at so many opportunities in ways of my, my skills, what I could do, like just really put myself out there and made back that money I spent in about a, a month and a half. Awesome. Right. Because that was my only thing. And I went, I need to br- build back my security mm-hmm. and I want to stay here, you know, and that became my mission. And so that taught me a lot about my own resilience. And anytime I, after that, that I experienced setbacks a lot, right. In all sorts of ways, I always bring myself back to that moment and went, look at what you did there. Right. You know, this could be another decision that you make. And I know that this decision is what's going to help shape your character you know, and help shape who you are and build those muscles, right? For resilience that every single time you, this is going to feel easier. And it has, you know, so I'm so glad that I didn't book a ticket to come home. And instead I just, you know, got real curious about how can I creatively save myself here? Yeah. How can I, you know, like help myself here without resorting to acceptance of this reality. Yeah. And you, you said your word for your damn it. So your damn it in this, in this instant would be resilient. Yes. So your, your statement is I am resilient and damn it. I I like this about myself. Yep. I'm resilient and I can adapt. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it really has taught me that. Awesome. Oh, I love it. You have so many great stories and you're not even that old yet. So imagine how many (laughs) stories you're going to have over your lifetime to share. It's so amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I love talking about this. I could go for another hour with you. I know. That's what I feel like too. I'm looking at the clock going, oh goodness gracious. So we might just have to have a conversation again at a later date. Yes. I would love that. We could even pick a time that that it's not 5 a.m. if you like, I guess. (laughs) That would be nice. That would be nice. But like I told you before, goodness, you are perky for 5 a.m. So (laughs) we've already had this conversation. (laughs) So I just want to say thank you so much for being here, Lydia. And everyone, Lydia's website, again, is Screw the Cubicle. I will definitely have links in there for you to go and check her out. Because, I mean, obviously, at this point, you might have connected with her and you might be wanting to reach out and work with her, I would say. (laughs) We've gotten to know Lydia today pretty well, I feel. I love it. (laughs) So thank you for being here, Lydia. Thank you for having me, Val. What a meaningful conversation. I'm so glad I woke up at 5 a.m. for it. (laughs) No, this was great. I love it. All right. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I look forward to continuing to guide you into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self.